What if I had the power to gather all of my favorite MCs with the illest comic book characters and they became arch enemies? Inconceivable, unbelievable, yet as wild as it seems, the Emperor and Stan Lee will coach the two opposing teams. Keep it clean, no bats, no gats, guns, or interference. Comic book characters would go head up with raw lyrics. Now I take whoever might be on break from doing tours and have them sign up for the last Emperor's secret war. Sure, for that kind of capacity, we need a crazy large arena that might stretch from West Philadelphia to East Medina. If I'm able, I'd put it on pay-per-view through my label and give free tickets to my neighborhood bums with no cable. Yeah, that sounds fat. Now that we've squared away the propositions, let's begin with the ultimate tough man competition. Set it off, it's the fight of the century. KRS and Professor X will battle each other mentally with rhymes. Welcome back, everybody, and we are back for the official relaunch of our comic book history podcast. We got me and my uh, my esteemed co-host, my main man, my my right hand man, because uh, I use my left hand. Uh, old man, wait, what's going on, old man? In the middle of the evening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm doing okay, great. How I'm was here. that? So we got old man. We we're here together. So we're gonna be back doing this twice a month. Um, we're relaunching this. We miss talking to each other. We miss talking comic books. So we had to bring this podcast back. So we're back. Uh, but today we also have a guest. We got old man Wade's partner from the old man Wade show. We got super woke Javi. What's up, Javi? What up? What up? What up, everybody? Well, 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 you gotta say it right. It's the superior. Super woke Javi. Oh, the superior super woke Javi. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, mind it, you know, the camera adds, you know, 55 pounds. So <laughs> I'm, I'm quite felt. So we got the, uh, the pounds in the right section, though, in the right section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, so I like, the, way, the, I like the way you think. So we got the superior super, super woke Javi. We got uh, Professor Brandon Xavier. Ooh. No, please don't insult me by calling me Xavier. <laughs> That's Yo, offensive. Xavier's lit right now, man. That's offensive. All right, my, oh, oh, you talking bad, about uh, the new Xavier? Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, be, Xavier. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll be the new Xavier. I like him. Yeah, man. I like you him. out there running running Krakoa? <laughs> Don't call me the old Xavier, though. No, that's offensive. Oh. No, no, no. We talking new Krakoa Xavier. Yeah, I like Krakoa Xavier. I can be him. I fuck with him. Oh, you could be, mm-hmm. or you could be Brandon Grayson. Who the hell's Brandon Grayson? Dick Grayson. Oh, God. <laughs> they did bring Nightwing back though, so he knows his name again. He's no longer old, Rick Grayson. And I'm old man Todd. Yeah, you could be old man Todd, but you're not annoying like he is. Um, but today we are here because uh, all the popularity of the video game, the new Miles Morales Spider-Man video game, we figured we'd talk about uh, his original run in Ultimate Comics. Uh, for those who don't know. The Ultimate Comics was created uh, in the year 2000, I believe, and it was done to basically reboot the Marvel Universe without rebooting the Marvel Universe. So they wanted to update the origins of all the characters to make it feel like a more realistic world in the world that fits today uh, because Mm -hmm. the Marvel characters were so old. Uh, And so you got Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and X-Men and all the all your characters were kind of rebooted in the Ultimate Universe with slight variations to their, some major variations, but some variations to their story to bring it closer to uh, the modern world that we lived in. And the most popular uh, title in the Ultimate Universe was Ultimate Spider-Man um, yes, sir. with Peter Parker. But, and it was, it was a great, great run. 
And to, at the end, towards the end of that run, at the end of that run, they had a story called Death of Spider-Man, where Peter Parker was killed by the Green Goblin. And the next issue picks up with uh, Miles Morales being bitten by the spider and turning into Spider-Man. Actually, um, just an amendment. So there was, so I kind of like what um, Marvel did with the, because uh, after Death of Spider-Man, there was a um, series um, it's like one of those like Requiem things. It's like, oh, Spider-Man, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's like the death of him, like what happened after. So what was cool was, so they show in like the aftermath of um, the the funeral, uh, the world finding out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, like Aunt May dealing with everything that was going on with her. And what I thought was incredibly dope was the way they introduced him. So he's fighting um, somebody called the, the I think it was a kangaroo, like a villain no one cares yeah, about yep, in, yep. Any, in any universe. And what was dope was as he's fighting, because like Spider-Man had just died, like not even like a week ago, and he's in costume. And he, everyone's running around going, costume. This costume is in poor taste. Yes. <laughs> so after he finishes fighting, he takes his mask off, and then we find out, holy shit, Spider-Man is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you... <laughs> Oh, Brandon, where they mad? <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not one of those people who runs around like drinking the tears of racism, <laughs> but I got a nice little cup of shit when that happened. Yeah, they were mad, but I will say this to be fair to comic book fans. I remember when this happened and the racist people were loud, but there were a lot more people excited for once about this than they were mad. Even though the mad people were mad and loud, it was a lot of it was a lot more praise, and I think it was because people were willing to take that chance in the Ultimate Universe. Even though Ultimate yes. Peter Parker was super super popular, which he was, um, I think I think this would have gone over much worse if it was six one six Peter Parker. Um, Absolutely, I think it would have gone over much worse. Um, but his first yeah. appearance was in Ultimate Fallout number four in two thousand eleven. He was created by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Miles Morales is the son of a black man and a Puerto Rican mother. And um, before we get into the we run, uh, Javi, what uh, yo, what are some of your thoughts of uh, the character Miles Morales? And did you read this at the time? When did you kind of find out about him? Just kind of some overall thoughts about what you think about the character. I I didn't read it. I, I was not a fan of the Ultimate Universe in general. Um, during its original run, I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, it was just—it was such a—it was such a strange departure from what I was used to. Um, I, not even in a six-on-six, it was just totally different than anything we've seen before in Marvel. Um, so I, I avoided it. Uh, I didn't really get into Miles until I got—I read a bit of the Spider Verse, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with the character. I was—I was excited even before I got into. To, to his character, I was excited about the concept of having a uh, Afro Latino character, because I happen to be Afro Latino. Um, so, and I've never really seen a character um, with that origin ever, um, or at least it wasn't like central to their character. So that 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 excited me. Um, you know, we could get into that a little bit uh, later, but there's some parts of that characterization I don't like. Um, but yeah. Uh, I fell in love with the character during Spider-Verse. He has, he's very impactful in the 616 right now. He's probably one of the better characters um, 
currently going. His book is currently, his current book is pretty good. And um, yeah, and I'm glad I got a chance to really dig into it in preparation for this show because I really liked it and I think it was underrated, and especially from me and other people like me. Um, what about you, old man? So I jumped into the uh, Ultimate Spider, Sp- uh, Ultimate Spider, wow, the Ultimate Universe pretty early. Like this was right around the time I started getting back into comic books and I grabbed Ultimate Ultimate X-Men thinking it was part of the regular universe. Ah. Initially found out that it wasn't. Um, I want to say maybe around uh, closer to the end of, uh, closer to um, Spider-Man clone. It was the Ultimate Spider-Man clone is where I jumped in in general, and I read that, I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So I ended up catching up and I started, so like I was fresh into it right when Miles became a thing. So I was reading it as it was happening and I was loving it. Um, one of the things I think, one of the major uh, things that I loved about it was how he grew, because we see a lot of times that superheroes don't necessarily age. Like Spider-Man's been 30 for about 20 years. Um, but with Miles, because of because it was the Ultimate Universe, they gave him a chance to go from like the eighth grade to like the tenth grade, which I thought was was kind of cool. In between some stuff that happened that we'll get into later. Uh, but overall, I like the concept of it. But I also love that it didn't seem pandering. Brian Michael Bendis has written a lot of um, characters of color and um, made sure that he that they weren't stereotypes. Like he's the reason why Luke Cage is even popular. Bendis they, did and, Naomi, right? Uh, he's yes. he's, he's one of the co-creators. Yeah, he yeah, and oh my god. Anyways, that different show, but yeah, great, great stuff. <clears throat> but so I like the fact that he can write these characters and then do better than some of the some um the predecessors because we've seen Luke Cage before and he was not a good character for decades. You know what I mean? And it's funny that like it took it's funny that a white guy took control of him and made him a better character. But I also kind of feel that it's not a like when um one of the things I always said to people is like oh I can't believe Spider Man's um they made Spider Man black and I'm like or a person of color I'm like are you actually reading it because it's not Peter Parker you know what I mean yeah it's a so character. yeah and that's and and to that point that's one of the best things about it he's not Peter Parker he's not any anybody's Peter Parker he's a completely different Spider Man than any any other any other Spider Man we've seen and, and I think scared. that was. He's the second Latino Spider-Man because Spider-Man 2099 came out before uh, Miguel, Miguel uh, O'Hara. Yeah. Um, so, I love, so I love the fact that I've never just... really read Miguel, so I need I, I want to get on that because I haven't really read Spider-Man 2099. Um, but the concept of the black Spider-Man was all the way back to 2008 um, and the Marvel editor-in-chief at the time was like, I think it's time that we make one of our marquee characters, like our main big characters like a new version of them like black because i uh, think you know i guess barack obama you know he inspired a lot of people at the time uh so they knew that once they decided on the spider-man concept they knew that eventually they were going to replace peter parker with a black spider-man and so um that ended up happening a different spider-man thing brian michael bendis based his character off of donald glover um funny enough oh. Yeah, uh, it says uh, he was heavily influenced by Donald Glover's appearance in Spider-Man Pajamas and Anthropology 101 uh, in the second season of The Community Show. And so that's kind of what inspired the look and stuff of um, 
some of the care of the of Miles Morales when he first was developed. So, you know, Miles is a really cool. He's super popular now. Like we've all, we'll get to other media uh, towards the end, but you know, all of us have seen Into the Spider Verse and etc. Uh, so he's he's definitely super popular now. But uh, his story that we're focusing on today is not so much the six one six or anything post Secret Wars. Although we might touch on it, but we're going to mostly focus on. Because because well, one of your favorite writers has um, a big part in making him what he is. So we definitely will be yes. talking about it. Yes. Um, but we're going to focus mostly on the Ultimate Universe, Spider-Man, where he first became in. And so, uh, old man, why don't you give a, just a brief overview of kind of the Ultimate Comic Spider-Man run and kind of what that was about and uh, how that kind of built that character up. Are we talking about all the way from Peter Parker or just Miles no, Morales? Just Miles Morales, like kind of how that run introduced the character to the world. All right. So um, to be brief, uh, first off, uh, first I'll be quick. The spider that bit Miles Morales is a theory that it's a spider totem that like every spider is connect every spider is connected to a more spiritual thing as opposed to being a radioactive thing. So um, just keep that in mind. So uh, Miles Morales was the issue starts with him being in a uh, not a rally, a um, a lottery for a school. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting um, number forty-two. Now, the reason I bring up the spider, um, the spider totem thing, is because the spider that bit him had the number forty-two one. So it's all like a, it's all like a spiritual, like kind of like not. It's not more. It's not as coincidental as we always as it was led to be when in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles goes goes to see his uncle, who we later find out is the Prowler. And says, you know, I got into the school, but I feel bad. Like, you know, why do I get to go and some of the other kids don't? His uncle's like, you know, telling him like, hey, you know, like you did something, you're in a better place and a lot of people are just accepted. And while they're having this conversation, uh, Miles looks over, gets bit by a spider, has a bit of a seizure. Um, his father comes comes over who, and he's not supposed to be there with um, his uncle Aaron. He runs out and they're looking for him. And he's like, I'm right here. Little do we find out. Little does he know he's um, camouflaged. So um, his uncle and his um, father don't see him. Thus begins the, um, the legacy of Miles Morales' uh, Spider-Man. Yep, that's pretty much it. Um, so, Javi, what did you think about his origin story? Did you did Were you upset that it was so closely related to Peter's? Or did you like how they were tying it in with Peter's? It not... It didn't upset me, but I'll say this with one caveat. Again, I was introduced, I really got into uh, Miles Morales after Spider-Verse, and that really explained, like, the mystical origins of all the spider people, right? So if you if you take that story, it makes sense in the long run. The thing that interested me the most, though, was that, like, this, uh, the symbolism on um, the number 42, right? Like, it's, it's, it's a number that represents that represents not, not just the first Afro, Afro-Latino Spider-Man or the first major Black Spider-Man. Um, it also represents, you know, Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, being introduced into a, to, to an area that he wasn't supposed to be in, right? And excelling. So I think there's a lot of symbolism in that number. Um, and again, I, it, it, it speaks to... Um, how they tried to connect the ultimate universe to the real world, right? So not only is he uh, a black kid in the inner city, right? But he's experiencing something that a lot of black kids at that time um, 
were experiencing, right? Trying to get into a good school through a lottery system, right? That's a really big moment um, for me to see in a comic book. And I think that if you really paid attention to that moment, it's an eye opener for a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, that don't really know what the situation is like in the inner city when you're trying to get into a good school, right? Like that was, that was a big deal for me. That's um, a damn good point, Avi. Yeah. Yeah, and the Ultimate Universe was designed to be more realistic, quote unquote. Like it was designed yeah. to be more reflection of the world that we currently live in. And a lot of the MCU was taken from the Ultimate Universe, like just kind of how some of the characters act. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, obviously, he's the mm -hmm. Mercury in the Ultimate Universe. Like a lot of that was taken from that because it was, it was popular. A lot of the titles weren't as popular, but some of them, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Spider-Man were very popular. People really liked Reed Richards in the Ultimate Universe, who's a terrible Great character. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, like, uh, it got pretty popular. So, one of, the, one of the things that I enjoyed from the early part of this run um, was Miles going to Peter's funeral. And he's, and he's there, and he's trying to figure out, like, what the hell should he do? And he ends up talking to Gwen Stacy. And he's talking to her, and she's just, and he's like, "Why did Peter do this? I mean, why did, why would he do this?" And she was like, "He felt like he had to. Like with great power comes great responsibility." And in the movies, that's tired, and nobody wants to see that anymore because you've seen it a thousand times. But at that time, it was good to have that say, like, "Hey, man," because the whole point of Spider-Man, and Stan Lee has said this a thousand times, and Stan Lee was one of the biggest fans of Miles Morales when he was alive. Is because Stan Lee said the whole point of Spider-Man was that anyone could be under that mask. That could be anybody. It could be a black kid. It could be a Hispanic kid. It could be an Asian kid. It could be a woman. It could be a girl. It could be anyone. Anybody under that mask. Uh, mm -hmm. As long as they have the passion and they're fighting for what's right. And so mm -hmm. having that having that panel was basically in there to say like, there's a reason why Peter did this, and if you feel that need. Mm -hmm you can do this too. And that's essentially what motivated him. He was like, I want to live up to Peter. I got these powers for a reason. I need to live up to it. Um, and then we Absolutely. see Jessica Drew, who I know is one of old man's favorite characters. Um, uh, and it's funny, I love her. I'm not, I love her in any universe, but I especially love what she's doing and what she did in the um, ultimate universe, what they did with her character. It was at first I was like, well, this is stupid, but then they made her her own creation. I was like, you know what? I can rock with this. Yeah, Jessica Drew looks totally different, by the way, in the Ultimate Universe. Like, a completely different person. Different She's, uh, all of that. <laughs> Parker's clone. <laughs> yes, completely different. So she's, uh, but she's in here, and she's, and she and Miles are kind of at their throats in the beginning, and you don't really know why. And well, she's at his throat. Let's yeah, get it clear. Like, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, and he doesn't really know why, and they're kind of, yeah. they're kind of alluding to there's something else behind this story that you don't really know much about, but. Uh, they kind of play it coy in the beginning. Um, and, and Miles ends up, he was, like uh, Old Man said in the beginning, he was wearing this Spider-Man suit, a Halloween suit that Genki had. And people were like, this is a bad taste. This is, like, what are you doing? He just died. What what are you, what are you doing? Even the villains, right? Like, even yeah, some even of the villains, villains are like, oh, it's not a bad taste. And so uh, he ends up getting taken to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters by Spider-Woman. And that's when he first meets Nick Fury. And Nick Fury's great in this book. He's just yep. he's just great in this book. Um, and Nick Fury's like, they're like he's young. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, but you know, 
I don't care. <laughs> he's basically like, I don't care. Everybody's trying to tell him he's young. And, and at some point, at one point, we'll get to it. Spider-Man's talking to Captain America. And Captain America's like, you're too young. You can't do this. And he's like, well, Nick Fury said I can do it. Brendan, can I, can I, one thing that kind of stood up to, stood out to me in that scene, and I've seen this a lot, like, uh, when, when you, when you're, when you're a black person, right, and you, and you're in an environment that doesn't have a lot of other black people, you kind of instinctively look for the other brown face around you, right? And all these, you know, white characters, heroes, good people, right? Like, you know, I don't. I don't know if uh, Ultimate Captain America is a good person. <laughs> well, yeah, he was kind of. He's he was he's a douche, right? But um, you can it. You can once Nick Fury, who's black, right? Pretty much Samuel L. Jackson tells the rest of the Ultimates to leave the room. I felt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? like I, like and, and and it seemed like Miles Morales was a lot more open to to being honest to Nick Fury without Nick Fury having to, yo, I'm gonna kill you and your family, whatever shield threat he would have done. It was just, you know, a black kid with somebody who he feels that can relate to him. And he opened up a little bit more. And I like, that was impactful. Like there's a lot of, I'm going to probably bring a lot of these moments up because those are the types of moments that stood up to me in this, in this, in this book. Um, but that's another one that really stood out to me and was impactful um, when reading. But yeah. But you know what, uh, but um, you hit the nail on the head, I think, um, Javi, when you brought that up, because that's, it really what it was coming, what it came down to. But I also think there's a, a big point of it during um, Ultimate Fallout, <clears throat> excuse me, where Nick Fury feels that like it was his fault that Peter died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's looking at it, and and um, in the first, um, at the end of that run, where he told him like you only get one shot at this, but I'm trying to do things different this time around. And I love that Nick Fury could um, acknowledge that if I go about this the same way I did with the other Peter Parker, I can mess around and have the same situation happen again. But uh, but to your point, <clears throat> I think that conversation would have looked a lot weirder if we would have had Nick Fury from the 616. <laughs> 616 X. Nick Fury yeah. is a fucking menace. That yeah. dude, no, absolutely not. Um, so yeah. He would have probably tried to clone him or something. Yeah. <laughs> while, they're, while they're at the Shield headquarters, Electro somehow breaks free. And uh, yeah, because yeah, of course, because it's shield, and uh, and 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 Miles helps uh, subdue him and stop him, and that kind of got on Nick Fury's good side, and so because of that, they end up giving him what we all now know as the classic Miles Morales suit, uh, the modified black spider suit, which is dope. It was dope at the time. It's still dope. Uh, mm-hmm. it's still such a great suit. Um. And this was also around the time that they had a miniseries called Spider-Men. I don't know if any of you read this. Yes, love it. They had a miniseries in Spider-Men, and that was when Miles first met Peter Parker of the 616 universe. Which was one of the dopest interactions um, and one of the best, one of the dopest, like, uh, beginnings to um, a relationship that we've seen. And it also had one of my favorite moments in comic books where... um, Nick Fury asks Peter, um, he goes, hey, what's Nick Fury like in your in your universe? And he goes, uh, he's kind of white. And uh, <laughs> Nick Fury goes, sorry to hear that. <laughs> yes. yes. That's hilarious. I need I need to read that. That's going on the list. Um, yeah, Spider-Man, even Spider-Man 2, when, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because I don't want to go get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, 
So then the world finds out there's a new Spider-Man, right? It gets on the newspaper. I guess somebody caught some cell phone footage. It's like, oh, it's a new Spider-Man. Is this the same Spider-Man? Is he back from the dead? Is this an imposter? Like, the the rest of the world's trying to figure out who this Spider-Man is because everyone just mourned Peter Parker like a couple weeks ago. Like, it just happened. Uh, so it's, 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 it's kind of startling to the rest of the world. And who, who, who happens to read the newspaper? Miles's uncle Aaron. Um, you want to tell him who, who uncle Aaron is old man? Uh, he's the prowler and he's, he is, um, one of the, uh, premier thieves, um, super thieves in, uh, actually any universe I probably want to say, but definitely in the ultimate universe. And you've probably seen Uncle Aaron if you watched Into the Spider Verse. You've seen him if you watched the cartoon. You've seen him if you played the video game. Uh huh. Aaron in the original Ultimate comic books run is much more of an asshole than he is in any of those. Oh, <laughs> so I was I was gonna say like it's interesting. Um, Into the Spider Verse, they made his dad less of less of, what they made his dad less of an asshole. Right in the comic book, made his uncle more of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's a, it, that's an interesting, it's a very interesting dynamic. Right, I, I will say, I hope we can get to. The, well, we probably won't get to it, but he, he got a new writer. Um, I can't remember the other. I know his first name is Ahmed. Um, they changed who his his uncle was, and I'm like, thank Odin for that because it's it wasn't a good representation <laughs> of uh, black people. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, it, it it definitely it's it. Again, a lot of great moments, right? But there's definitely a lot of issues I have with how they represented the culture, right? So to speak. Um, And that's one of them. And it's funny because in some ways I see it because we all have that one uncle. I don't know. We all have that one uncle that they're like, you know, we don't want you hanging around him. Like, you know, whether it's creepy uncle so-and-so or bad uncle so-and-so. Yeah. So I got it, but part of me is still like, eh, this is super uncomfortable. Well, here's the <laughs> reason why, and here's the reason why, and this is what I'll say. The, there's nothing wrong with the character of Uncle Aaron mm-hmm. at all in a vacuum. Absolutely. There's nothing yes. wrong with having that character. There's nothing wrong with having that character be a black man. It's, that's okay. The, the problem is, is not any of these individual characters. It's the lack of characters. And so... When you have uh, a lack of people of color in your books, like for example, if you never saw an Asian person, and if you never see Asian people in the book, and then the only time you see Asian people is the Mandarin, even though the Mandarin is a little bit different because it's more racist. That's pretty racist, but like let's just say it's like a stereotypical Asian something, but it's not like super Fu Manchu racist, right? But if that's the only Asian person you saw in a book ever, you'd be like, why the fuck does that have to be the representation of my my people, right? And so yeah, it's like. A- like my the point about Luke Cage, it's like, yeah, like, so, yeah, like so having a uncle who's a criminal is fine. That's a fine story to tell. Like it's a complicated relationship between his brother and him, and then his nephew and him, and it's it's complicated because he didn't kind of go down the right path, and his brother kind of got himself together, even though he feels in debt to the other brother. Like it, that's an interesting story. It's fine, but it. It's, it's we don't live in a vacuum and so people take their feelings of everything and they say well this makes me uncomfortable because if Uncle Aaron was Jefferson's white friend Aaron 
not his brother, but like his really close friend that he grew up with and he was white, people wouldn't feel as uncomfortable with that. They feel yes. uncomfortable with it because he's black and you don't see too many black people. And so when you see major black characters, you don't want them to fall in the black stereotype, even if the stereotype could pop, could just be anybody. But it, it feels like it's a stereotype with him. You get what I'm saying? It feels like yeah. it's a stereotype. Like he didn't, he they went down the wrong path. He kept going down the wrong path. But they in the and that's why in the major releases like in, into the Spider Verse, it was a little bit different. He still was like kind of down the wrong path, but he was more ambiguous. He wasn't. It was way this, more nuanced. Yeah, in this book, he seems like he does care about Miles, but he's also not a good person. Like he's just not. Well, well, it, he kind of sort of cared about him, like you know what I mean. And that's gonna be that's the part where it got really awkward when we find out that like, you know, he essentially gives Miles an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. uh, Work with me, I'm a snitch on you. And then when Miles stands up to him, like he fights him. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like in one, in like on one hand, it's like, you know, you love him. But in the second hand, you're like, hey, either do this or I'll do this or, or else, you know what I mean? So I think for me, that was the part of it that seemed weird. But Brandon, like, but Brandon your point is, uh, I think 100% accurate. I think that if there was more representation, this thought wouldn't even have popped in my head because it's not it's not like every villain was like this. Like you know what I mean? Like we like you know what I mean, we've seen more more people like this. And when we get into the uh Miles Morales game, uh seeing something as simple as a black goon and a black woman goon, I thought was kind of cool. It's like, oh exactly. We don't we don't see a lot of that. So I was happy just to see something as simple. As like you know, it, every goon isn't just uh, white or, or um, Latin. Exactly. Like you know what I mean? Exactly, because there was more representation on the screen. If if you played a Spider-Man game and everybody was white, it's a, and the only black people you saw were the bad guys, you'd be like, the fuck. But if you see more representation throughout your books, then you can have a a terrible piece of shit human being being a person of color, because that's okay. Because guess what? Every race has terrible pieces of shit human beings. That's okay. Yeah. Like black, yeah. there's terrible black people. There's terrible his, uh, Latinx people. There's terrible Asian people. There's terrible black women. Like there's terrible in every demographic. But if that's the only version of those people that you see, that's when it's not cool and it makes you uncomfortable. Exactly. I think that's kind of the blind spot, and I, and I give all the respect to Brian Michael Bendis for this character, but um, you can definitely tell that it wasn't created by someone that's from the culture. And I, 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 one other example, like even um, um, when there's attempts made to make it uh, more representative, right? Like, so I think one of, there's a, there's a scene early on where Miles is confronted by a gang, right? In New York. And this gang happens to be one of those uh, typical, like multicultural gangs that you see on like those cheesy nineties movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like it, that, that's not how it plays out. Right. Like it, I've never seen a, a gang of uh, a, a group of, of white, Asian, black, and, and, and whatever, right. Coming together, just robbing people. Right. Yeah, it, but that's it, because a, of what yeah. you said earlier though, but that's exactly what it is. Like Bendis is like, yeah. Bendis is writing with that in mind in a lot of this. He's writing with the idea of like, okay, in theory, he probably lives, like if we're being honest, this character would probably live in a majority black and Hispanic neighborhood. 
He lived in the Bronx or Har- or, or Harlem. Well, he lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, he would probably, but he would probably live in a part that's mostly black or Hispanic. And Brooklyn's and, gentrified right now too. A lot of and the gangs that show up would probably be an all black gang or all Hispanic gang. And if an all black gang showed up on there, people would be like, "Oh, of course you got him fighting the all black gang, of course, or of course you yeah. got him fighting the, the the Hispanic gang." So Bendis has that in mind. So even if it comes off as cheesy, like he can't afford to write that. Some yeah. people of color could, but even then, like if you go and read, I don't want to get off of, on this topic, but if you go read after they had Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America, Steve Rogers, and then they had um, Secret Empire, they did a Falcon book. He went back to being Falcon, and that was written by a black man, and that book was trash, and it was a way try hard like try to incorporate black culture in it where it doesn't have to be and I'm just gonna say I'm black so like it and it wasn't good. Same thing That's with, all I felt about um Luke Cage's um series. Yeah. It was written by black man, but it was an it was an ass comic book. When it got canceled, I'm like I'm not shocked it got canceled because it was terrible. Same thing with um what was the black kid that was an inhuman that could like um uh, what was his name? He was in he was heavy in Secret Wars. Um but he had a book, and it was... Manifold. Bad. No, not Manifold. Is it Manifold? Manifold's a mutant. Damn it, I hate, when I, I hate when I get off top and I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, uh, well, if you want to look the name up, because uh, I wanted to bring something up. Um, the yeah. current writer of um, Bas Morales now is um, Saladin Ahmed. Um, if I butcher his name, my apologies. But um, and the, right, and the um, cover is done by... Brian Stofries and the two of them are um I know some Saladin Ahmed is a um is a Muslim gentleman and but he's a person of color. Like if you look at him, you can tell he's not a white man. Um and he seems to get the character more than Bendis does. And Bendis created um uh Miles Morales. And if we take a take it a step further and we look at Kelly Thompson, who is rocking uh every, all the books she's done, she took over for um, Bendis when he left Marvel and started doing Jessica Jones, which again was phenomenal. So you have people of color, a person of color writing a person of color, and you have a woman writing a woman. So there are certain aspects to a character that people won't get. It would be like me trying to write a um, a story about a Jewish character where I know nothing about the Jewish community. You know what I mean? So. There's nothing, and this is the, prop, the problem I think people have, where it's like, well, you can't write something because you're not of that. I'm like, no, you can write it, but I also think it's a good idea to talk to the people that you're doing. Like, um, Bendis is writing Naomi, but he isn't just, he isn't the only person. This series is also um, co-created by, give me one second, uh, series Oh, I bad. thought he thought was I great in, in, in on uh, Naomi. It was great. It, it's um, Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker. Um, and if you it, um, I forget the, the the name of the women who interviewed um David S. Walker, uh, David F. Walker, but they talked about how Bendis came to him about writing this character, and it was like they wanted to write. He wanted to write a character. Bendis wanted to write a a combo character about a woman of color. But he knew he couldn't do that on his own, so he went to someone of color, and so they made it a point. And it's little certain certain little things like Naomi's hair is a perfect example of that. Like you know what I mean? They didn't just give her like a perm 
You know what I mean? They like made it a point to um to give her like um something lock-ish. You know what I mean? So, but I it's you guys get what I'm saying. I don't need to go any further. I'm rambling at this point. Yeah, and I can't. It makes a lot of sense. I can't remember the dude's name, so we'll keep moving on. But um, so then, all right, so then you know we kind of touched on the Uncle Aaron thing, but essentially what happens is they get in a big fight. Um. Miles touches something in his suit. Something in his suit malfunctions and it blows up, and he gets killed. Um, and the world thinks that Spider Man is a murderer, and Miles is running around like, "Did I murder him? Did I not murder him? Like, I don't know what's going on." And yeah. old man's old man's girl woman, uh, Maria Hill, shows up at the crib, <laughs> questioning them. Uh, and uh, Jefferson's like, why are you bringing my kid into this? Like, leave my kid out of this. And she ends up saying, like, hey, I don't think the Spider-Man killed him. Um, I, it was he stole this suit. Something went wrong with the suit. It malfunctioned, and and that's what happened. I don't think the Spider-Man did this. And that took like a big thing off of um off of off of Miles's back at that moment. Um, yep. And so then. We get this investigation by the journalist Betty Brant. What'd you think about Betty Brant, Javi? Um, I think she and this this is a this is a character this is a character that had a uh, 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 ending that was pretty gruesome. Correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You can, talk right. about uh, you can talk about it. Okay. All right. I didn't want to get ahead. Yeah. So I I honestly I think she I think she was used. Primarily to show the growth in um, J- Jameson. Um, yep. Because she's, you know, I, she seemed like very ambitious. Um, she didn't care uh, what the consequences would be if she if she revealed who the new Spider-Man was, which in my move was kind of a dick move given how much he was involved with helping the Ultimates defeat Hydra, you know, all the all the good things he was doing in the city. Like, just leave it alone. He's doing a good thing. But she didn't care about that. She just wanted to get the story out. And she went to Joe J. She went to Triple J, right? With that information, he was like, all right, so we published this and then we lose a hero, right? Like, and we see how much he's changed after finding out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man and how much Spider-Man really did for the city. Um, and you know what? Her her death was pretty uneventful, but I don't know. I, I don't think she had much of a use in the series in in this story, um, other than to just show the growth and Joe James, uh, Jameson. Um, to add on to that, Javi, first off, I agree. Um, throughout the Ultimate Run, she was used as a, as a um as a plot device more than she was like an actual character. Like looking at um, there was a run, there was an issue where she was in. Uh, we saw Craven, Ultimate Craven, who was <laughs> he was one of the worst characters ever, but he was funny. Like he was supposed to be a terrible character. Now, the part about that that which was weird was she ended up getting in on Jonah's bad side because while she was supposed to be getting a story on Craven, she was slumping him. So like it basically she every anytime you've seen Betty Brandt in any of these comic books, it was uh, any of the um Ultimate Universe, they were just using her for something else. And then like, Betty, really, and then Betty Brandt is slaughtered by Venom. 
Yeah, she she in in the real world she'll definitely she'll definitely work for Fox News. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yes, a hundred percent. Um, and so then then we get into uh the Venom War storyline. Um, what did you guys think about that? That shit hurt my heart. Oh, by the way, I found the name of the Yo. character. It was Mosaic. You remember him? No. Old man. No. Mo- Mosaic. He was terrible. He I was can't stand him. Other than other than Black Bolt and Medusa, I can't stand Inhumans. Mosaic was a professional basketball player. Of course he was. That got hit by the Terrigen Mist, uh, and he turned into Mosaic. And they did a book about him. It was written by Black people, and it was terrible. Horrible. Wait, was he to do with the with the um, the firepowers? No, he can like st- he can like um, phase. He's got like phasing powers and shit like that, invisibility, that type of stuff. But yeah. yeah I mean- I hate that whole push for Inhumans, man. It was just... Yo, look, um, I don't know if we've talked about this, Brandon, but I know me and Javi have talked about this ad nauseum. The Inhumans were destined to fail right from the beginning. They were... The, the Inhumans are the were the Fantastic Four's punching bag for decades. And then now, all of, out of nowhere, because you guys have a, a spite with um, Fox, I'm supposed to give a shit about the Inhumans? No. They're trash. It, Our very first it, episode on the Why So Serious podcast ever was the history of Inhumans. Mike and I went back and read every major storyline for the Inhumans in history. And they had some really good runs. Like some really good runs. But Marvel just didn't care. That last Black Bolt solo run was awesome. Yeah, it was Oh, it was great. fucking fantastic. The, but it, you know the funny thing about that is it wasn't great because it, it wasn't necessarily great just because of the Inhumans. Like Crusher Creel was one of the best parts of that book. Like I was amazed at how fucking great he was. Like turning a character who no one should care about. Like you know what I mean? Um, and then making him into something that's worthwhile. I I think was fantastic. Yeah. But it, humans are kind of ass. Javi, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what do you think about Venom War? Uh, honestly, I. What what old man just said like that? I I, I know we we want to talk a little bit about Venom, but they killed his mom, bro. Like that, I I I I never like again. I wasn't really into the Ultimate Spider um, Miles Morales as as he was in the Ultimate Universe. I really got into him in the six one six, and to see how like damn he was so young. His dad's in the hospital dying. His mom gets murdered by Venom. Um, it it was just a crazy series. I think that was probably the most impactful um, series for Miles Morales in the Ultimate Universe um, because of everything that happened. Um, Venom as a character, I, I'm not a big fan. Like, Axe Old Man, like Venom is one of my favorite characters. Like, I'm following King and Black series like like ridiculously. I love I love Eddie Brock. Um, but I, I can't really vibe with that version of Venom. Like it, it just, I don't know. He's too, he's too much of an animal. It's too much like the, uh, the Fox, the Sony universe version of Venom oh God. for my liking. Started on that. So yeah, the only thing I really took away from that was what happened to his parents, to be honest with you. Um, like honest to God, that shit kind of hurt. That hurt me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Watching all that stuff happen to him. It was like, dude, I can't believe like. Like you have to go through all this shit, man. It, and not only did it happen to him, it's like, dude, again with this, like, 
but I also the one thing I will say is I loved how they did the Spider-Man No More thing because like you know it seemed a little more genuine on why someone would give up the life of Spider-Man when something like that happened. So yeah. I absolutely so no, I didn't like I necessarily like the story, but I did like the ending of it. And the True and and it good yeah and 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 I get and again I think that Venom series was um just uh, it it was to bring him into the next chapter of his life like I I feel like you can't be a Spider Man until you have that one cover which you throwing your spider outfit in the trash and walking away in an alley right like that's like your graduation into really being a Spider Man right like so yeah. I think that that that's that was a very important turning point in the character. Um, which I think is pretty interesting. And I also love that this was also, they also gave it, they also used it as a um, point to age him a little bit, like I brought up earlier. And I thought that was also pretty dope. It was like, all right, so we can actually use this as a way to like, this was what, I think it was like a year later, maybe more. Yeah, it was a year later. So he had the opportunity to like grow a little bit. The artist uh, made him look, oh, can I also say, I think we might have talked about this on, another podcast, Brandon, where we were discussing Miles about how they actually got his hair right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a... And, and, like, it's... Some artists can't do a fade. And I was like, oh, they got his... They got his... They got Miles's hair right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a small thing, but it's also a really um, important thing. So, but beyond everything that happened, I thought it was awesome how it happened and how they used this opportunity to, to let things grow, let him grow as a person. Um... It just there was just so much about this that I really really enjoyed, and I uh, it's really one of the dopest runs, and it's not just from um, also Spider Man Rock, like you know what I mean. That's really all I can say about it, but you know. So what do you think about the scene where Rio was telling him not to tell his daddy that he's um, Spider Man? What y'all think about that? I don't like it. Um. And the reason I didn't like it was, it was almost like, like they're they're different people. They come from a culture where they know what it's like to be hated just because of what you are. Like you know what I mean? Uh, Rio being Puerto Rican and Miles and um, Miles' dad Jefferson being black. You like you figured they would both be a little bit more understanding. So I didn't like that she basically told him to hide who he was. You know what I mean? See, but I did, but I did love the fact that at the end of it all. Um, she was like, "I'm proud of you," but I will say this: I, I feel, and I, I, I hope I'm not stepping over your point. No. Uh, it's almost like when if you're in a family and you and someone finds out that you're gay, and yes. they're like, "That's what I was about to go to." <laughs> See, that's the key. Whenever you read the X Men, and you if you don't know, because everybody thinks the X Men is just an allegory for black and white, which is not, but that's what everyone thinks it is. And so you'll watch the X Men and you'll see like black people hating the mutants. And you'll be like, why the black why would the black people hate the mutants? Like they should know what it's like to be persecuted. Why do they hate the mutants? And I always say every time I'm like, I I understand where you're coming from, but go talk to your cousin or your brother or your friend or your uncle or your aunt or your grandmother or your grandfather if your sister comes out as a lesbian or if your mm-hmm. brother comes out as gay and he's getting married. See how they Duh, respond to I, that. Duh, my little brother has had to come out to my father at least three times, and that is not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. See how they mm-hmm. see how they respond to that, mm-hmm. and that's not everyone. But it's to say that 
yeah, black people understand what it's like to be black, but that doesn't mean that they are just accepting of everyone. They, they're, they're, they're not. And especially in a town, in the way, in the ultimate universe, with what happened with the mutants in, in New York, um, people are automatically yep. against them uh, in that. Um, can, can we talk about one thing that, that, that really bothered me a little yeah, of bit? Um, Absolutely. So I never understood until I read this run again why uh, Miles Morales used his mom's last name. And I thought it was just so that they can kind of ham-fistedly associate him with his Latin or Latin heritage, right? Yeah. And so the explanation that, you know, his grandfather wasn't really a good guy, whatever, whatever, on his father's side, and so he didn't want to use a last name. I get that. But what kind of bothers me is that this is t- this the setting is New York City or the North Northeast in general, right? And again, I have no problem with his dad being black and his mom being Puerto Rican, right? Like, I think that's great, right? Great representation. But if they wanted him to have a Spanish last name, they could have made his father black and Latin, right? Like, I think it you're it, on the Northeast, in Northeastern cities, I think it's more likely that you would see uh, uh, an Afro-Latino person with two black parents that just ha- just so happened to be from Latin American countries rather than having say a black father and a Puerto Rican mom who who looks the stereotypical part of a Puerto Rican even though there's hundreds of thousands of black Puerto Ricans out there right like I think that was yeah. just a, 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 not again it, it's nitpicking right it's nitpicking but it, it's a potentially lost opportunity to, sh- to give people a more realistic picture of what it's like to live in these areas as so, a minority. So I'm going to say two things about Javi. One, this is one of those situations where I hope I don't sound like an asshole for saying this, um, because this, like I said earlier, this is something that I don't necessarily know about. I'm, I'm Black, like, you know what I mean? You are Afro-Latina, like, you know what I mean? So there are, there are going to be, there are things here that I just know nothing about, like, you know what I mean? So when I hear you say certain things like that, like I don't necessarily understand because the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, it's cool that there's a um, a what's the word for? a um, a, a, a mixed race couple, like you know what I mean? Because it was actually funny. I was listening. There's a uh, Danny Fernandez, uh, the trap thirst queen. Uh, she was talking about how like you know there should be more, when you think when you're thinking of interracial relationships it should be more than just black and white. So that's the way I looked at it. But honestly, to your to my point again, like, I don't know what that's like. Like, you know what I mean? So your opinion would probably make more sense if the roles were reversed. And I get that. And and, and to be honest with you, like, so we, we come from the same area and, and you say you don't know what it's like, but I guarantee you, you know more about that experience of, of Afro-Latino than a lot of people do. Like, I know for a fact that a lot of your friends are, right? Like, your twin is, yeah. right? Like, because you live in Boston, or if you lived in New York, or if you lived in um, a city in, in Rhode Island or, or Connecticut, right? You, you can't help but bump into, if you're a Black person, you're going to be associating with Afro-Latinos because those communities are ingrained. It's the same freaking community. And part yes. of that is what I, I want to 
part of that is kind of what Brandon's point was about um, issues within our community when it comes to acceptance, right? That's the same thing in the Latin American community. So Afro-Latinos tend to, when, when they live in America, they don't live in like the Spanish communities for the most part. We live in this. We live in the same areas that other Black um, people live. Well, yeah, right? We because, integrate in those communities. That's because in America, there's colorism within the Latin community well, that's as well. In America, race is what you look like. It doesn't matter. Like I always say, this like I'm happy that more people who are biracial identify as biracial, and that's yeah. becoming a bigger thing in 2020. Shout out to Char- yeah. shout out to Charmaine for bringing a lot of that to light as well. But ultimately, unfortunately, the world. Your race is what the world sees you as. So that's why, like, the whole Rachel Dolos out there made no sense ever because it doesn't matter what you... It doesn't matter what you think you are or say you are. The world will tell you what you are. So if if the world thinks you're black, you're black. black. I'm not saying you have to accommodate. You don't have... I'm not saying you have to identify that way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... If the world thinks you're black, it doesn't matter if you're Afro-Latina or if you're from Africa or if you're from the Dominican Republic or if you're American, you're, you're, you know, what? it doesn't matter where you're from. You're black. That's just what it is. You're black. If they see you and they think you look Mexican, you could be from anywhere in South America or Central America. And if white people say, I don't really want to take the time to think, you just look Mexican. You're Mexican. Like, that's what it's you like, are. Um... It's like this woman I used to um I used to be cool with. She was um she works for the Met she worked for the she might she may not still work for them, but she worked for the MECO system. And she was trying to explain to somebody, she was like, Well, I don't understand why why like you know white people are upset with me. He goes, I'm I'm not Jamaican. And she goes, I'm not black, I'm Jamaican. And she goes, Do you think they actually give a fuck? She goes, when a when a police officer pulls you over, they don't see Mexican, they just see another nigga. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's shit like that. It does and, yeah. Your your wife, old man. How many people think your wife's Puerto Rican or something? How many times does that happen? Probably every so, fucking day. So we were in the Dominican Republic, and people kept coming up to us speaking her in Spanish. And she's like, <laughs> one dude. She tells a story all the time about how like she was working at um at this hospital um at her old job, and this guy was speaking to, uh, um was speaking to her in Spanish, and she was like, I don't understand Spanish. And then he um he, he she was like, I'm Cape Verdean. And then, like, they snubbed her. He snubbed him, and um, they brought a translator in, and he goes, oh, he thinks you won't speak to him because he's Puerto Rican and you're Dominican. And, and he was like, well, can you tell him that I'm not? He goes, I'm Kay Burns. He goes, I know I've told him, but he doesn't believe you. Like, you know what I mean? So it's funny how, like, that shit, cut, it doesn't even just stop with just black, white. Like, it's just, it's a funny thing, like, in between race. You know what I mean? And it's it's not funny, haha, but it's hysterical how people don't even realize the irony in what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, how can you hate somebody? How can you say, um, I don't like, I don't, I can't stand racism when you're being everything that you hate. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And like I said, you are what they think you are. Even in the book though, right? In the book, (laughs) in the book, they make, they make a point that he's half Puerto Rican, half black, right? That's a big point in the book. But when the people see him, they go, oh, we got an African-American Spider-Man, right? Because that's what you are. I'm, like, I'm not saying, like, you got to accept it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, 
What, yeah. what the people see is what they think you are. And if you say yeah. I'm not, a good person will listen, right? Like uh, if we talk to somebody and we say that, we'll be, oh, okay, yeah. But most people are going to be like, you look black to me. You black. Yo, can, and I know and this, is, this is going further into the series, which we weren't going to get into, but I want to say that it was something dope as hell that um, Luke Cage said. And when he joined the uh, 616 universe, and he goes, hey, he goes, you're a Spider-Man of color, and that's a big deal. He didn't say you're a black Spider-Man or you're, a, uh, you know, he goes, you are a Spider-Man of color, and that's a big deal. And I thought that was dope as hell that he acknowledged the fact that he isn't just, like, black or he isn't just, you know what I mean? And I think little things like that are super, super, super important. Yeah, and it's not yeah. always uh, it's not always uh, uh, pejorative either. Like, for example, people will be like, Kamala Harris is the first black vice president, right? She's half black, half Indian. But if people say she's the first black vice president, then uh, most people, I will say, I'm not going to say all, but most people aren't trying to diminish her Indian heritage. They're just saying, in the world, she's the first vice black vice president. Like, unfortunately, for good or bad, whatever that may be, that's just how it is. If people see Javi, they might think differently because your name is Javier, right? But they didn't know your name. If you told them your name was Joe, they would be like, oh, look at African-American. He's black. Bro, you should see when I tell, <laughs> when I tell like Spanish people my name, introduce myself. They're the one. They're the main ones that look at me like, <laughs> "What? I'm like, bro, we're from the same country. What are you talking about? Right? Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, it's it's complicated, and I think that those are the type. And even without that nuance being imparted in the character necessarily, the character is important because it, it it's a it's a platform for these types of conversations, right? This is a comic book podcast but we're talking about the nuances of race and what it means to be black and identity based off of this character. Right. And I think that's one of the major gifts of having this type of representation in comic books. 100%. So uh, we can finish up this ultimate run. So after that, he takes some time off from being Spider-Man. Um, we end up meeting Kate Bishop, which is dope. We're going to be seeing her on the big screen. Oh, you're not a Kate Bishop fan. Watch your mouth, old man. Not in the Ultimate Universe, I'm not. Oh, Ultimate Kate Bishop, okay. Yeah. Hawkeyes, that book, Hawkeyes from a couple years ago, one of my favorite it's books. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction yeah. underrated as hell. Have you ever, not on a side note, have you ever read Sex Criminals? Uh, no, I've heard nothing but good things about it, though. You, of all people, would love Sex Criminals. Like, that's, that is perfect for the Old Man Wade show, that book. I feel, I feel like this. I feel like this is. Um, I feel like this is you calling me a freak. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a brief synopsis because we have a little bit of time. Such criminals <laughs> is about this couple, right? And oh, I know what it's about. They find out <laughs> that when they have sex, time stops around them. Everything stops around them, and they didn't know each of them when they would do it. It would fuck up when they would do it with a regular person, but they somehow they found each other. And they both had like this power. And so they used that to go rob banks and shit. So they'll go fucking the bank. Everything will stop. And then they'll go rob the bank and get out of there. It's a very interesting book. It won awards. That definitely sounds like a, a CCBN um, oh, yeah. uh, segment right there. And I'm, I just want to say that, you know, that happens to me when I have sex and I'm out of here robbing banks. So 
I'm judging them harshly. Nice humble brag. Nice the nigga, why don't you, the nigga, why don't you put more money to the um old man way produ- product um <laughs> promotion? Because I was raised by Miles Morales' dad, and I don't want to be a bad guy. This nigga, man. All right, so, go ahead. So then, um, somehow Peter Parker comes back. And yeah, that Morales. was crazy. I didn't. I okay. Initially, I wasn't feeling it because I actually just because because. Before we had this conversation, Brandon, I actually had that loaded up on my um, comicsology to go through again. So I'm reading it. And as I'm going through this, I'm like, I wasn't initially feeling what they were doing with this. Like the whole bringing them back and like, you know, no explanation for it and da 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 da. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not really rocking with it. But I went back and read it today just to kind of like, you know, just a quick um, reminder of what the series was like. And I got to say, I want to say it was wrong about how I felt about it initially. Because I think it was super important that he met a Peter Parker before he met his. Actually, no, because he met his Peter Parker first. He met um, the new Peter Parker. He met um, the original Peter Parker. Yeah, he met 6.6 first. Yeah, but I think it was cool that he actually got to meet the guy who, like, inspired who he was. The one who, like, if it wasn't for him, there'd be no... Uh, Miles Morales, and I think that's the one part that everyone forgets. Like when they talk about, oh, we need a Miles Morales book. I'm like, be patient; it'll happen. It'll happen. We we can't we cannot we can't do it yet. You know what I mean? Like oh, we can't. In this, in this time, he also reveals to his father that he's Spider Man, and his father oh, disowns him. <laughs> that again, that hurt me again. <laughs> but again, and there there might be an excuse why there wasn't any explanation, though. I mean, you but, know, the, his whole universe pretty much collapsed at the end so i know that part fucked with a lot of people but for me it was like i know black men in my family whose son came out as gay and they don't talk to their son (laughs) so like if you're bigoted towards people with powers and you think because he has these powers it got your brother who you didn't really fuck with but you still loved and your wife girlfriend whatever killed you might just disown that person. <laughs> you might be upset in the moment. So, uh, yeah, I get that part. I I was like, I get that. I'm I'm not gonna be. I probably wouldn't have wrote it that way, but I get it. It makes sense for the story. Um, so then, uh, and, and it plays to his yeah. father's character. His yeah, father was a pretty absolutely. stubborn dude. So, which I can which I can one hundred percent relate to. <laughs> so, oh, after Peter Park, after they beat Norman Osborn, uh, Peter retires. And Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let, let me just say this. They beat the dog shit out of Norman Osborn. That's your dude, too. Yo, no, no, no. I, let me tell you. I love Norman Osborn in, in every reality. This Norman Osborn was fucking great because he was just a huge pile of shit, yes. and he knew yeah. it. He was <laughs> like, so terrible. Although, I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get Norman Osborn in, in Spider-Man 3. Um, uh Part of me really hopes we don't. Me too. It's too much going I, on. Yeah. I want Norman to be Norman the way he should be. You know what I mean? Like, what, again, mm-hmm. we can have that conversation another time. Yeah, we'll have that another time. But it made me think about that. Um, So uh, his father uh, reappears um, as a young man later. So, um, and Jefferson was recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D. 
which I thought was good. They went back and explained like their relate, like his relationship with his um brother, um him being recruited by Shield and just everything that went on with that. I thought that was super dope. Yep. Uh, Miles eventually reveals his identity to Kate Bishop. Uh, Kate's parents, the Hydra people, they're terrible. <laughs> they kidnap yep. Miles and his father, and gang with my man Doctor Doom. Oh, fuck that Dr. Doom. That Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah, nah. No fuck. way Miles is beating the real Dr. Doom. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> no, he's not. And I, you know I love me some fucking Miles Morales. He, he ain't beating Dr. Doom. Fuck out of here. And so that leads into Secret Wars. And I know Old Man wanted to talk oh, wait, a wait, wait. about that. Uh, okay. before, we, uh, before we move on past the, uh, the Dr. Doom excursion thing, I just want to um, bring up that Miles Morales is um venom powers are so weird because in one hand you're like oh my god he can do that on the other hand you're like uh what so his his power is um and you'll get this uh reference um brandon it's limitless like you know what i mean it's almost like there's nothing it can't do because in one of the series he's like web slinging with it and i'm like uh what now (laughs) you know what i mean so but I, I think like Miles the, is sorry. It's like the Doom bots. Yeah. It's yeah. a plot twist. Like whenever they want to do something with Doc, whenever they want to retcon something that Doctor Doom did, they go, "Oh, that was a Doom bot. That wasn't Doom. Yeah, that was a Doom bot." Well, I'm gonna say this. Like based off of everything that I've seen about uh, with Miles, um, from this series to the stuff he's doing in Six One Six to the Spider Verse, I think Miles arguably his power set makes him probably the most powerful. Or potentially the most powerful Spider-Man yeah. that's not altered by some cosmic whatever uh, um, that we've ever seen, you know. I, I and I think a, a, I think a big part of that is, well, Miles doesn't have the excuse me the super strength that Peter does, but I like the fact that he doesn't need it because one of the things that um, P, uh, Miles has that Peter doesn't is common sense. You know what I mean, like. Peter I wouldn't sleep on the strength either. I I, I think. Um, oh no, he has yeah, it. It's yeah. not like he's not like lifting cars. Like you know what I mean. He's not like he's. There are certain things we know he's just not going to do. But I love the fact that like within the stuff that he does do, it's different. Like he um, I find him being smart a lot of times being smarter than Peter. When it's like it's like it's like dude, Peter, what are you doing? Please stop that. Like don't do that. Like you you should have more smarts than that. And he also balances his um, school and superhero life better than Peter Parker ever did. But I also wonder whether or not whether or not, whether or not that's because he has both parents in his life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Secret Wars happens. He escapes the Ultimate Universe before everything's destroyed on the ship with the Cabal, with Thanos and all those people. Um, he hid with the Cabal. Let's just put, put that out there, that he was so good, even with his powers... Anybody on that ship could have fucked him up, found, found, fucked him up, and found him. Mm-hmm. But for, for some way, somehow, he found a way to hide and be away from all that. I thought that was pretty fucking dope. He reunites with main Marvel Universe Peter Parker. The world gets put back together. One day we'll do Secret Wars on here, but the world gets put back together because the Molecule Man was happy with him uh, when they recreated the world. <laughs> We're giving him something to eat. <laughs> Yeah, they recreated the world. They brought his family back intact. So Rio's back to life. Uh, Jefferson's intact. Uncle Aaron, we find out, is back. 
Um, mm-hmm. They don't know anything about their old life. Miles finds out eventually about his, you know, he remembers his old life. But um, in this new world. Not really, though. Yeah, but not really, yeah. The, in this new world, Jefferson is a double agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. And he knows of Miles uh, is Spider-Man, uh, but Rio doesn't. And that's where I kind of want to lead off uh, with this. I know Old Man wanted to say a couple things, but we'll get into the rest of Miles at some point. But I just wanted yep. to cover the yep. Ultimate Universe. But go ahead, Old Man. No, that was pretty much it. There, um, we can get more into um, Miles because there's um, cause there's the ending of the Brian Michael Bennis run. There's the um, Saladin um, Ahmed run, which is currently going on. Which there I think is the GOAT, Secret Empire. Oh, God. Um, yeah, then there's the Secret Empire run that we need to get into. Um, something that I know Superwoke absolutely loves. That no, it's funny. I, that- that's when I fell in love with Miles. Secret Empire. Secret Empire's my <laughs> shit, man. Um, can I? It is again, like um, it's one of those story arcs where I think there's a there's a, a big flaw, and like who the fuck am I to call a flaw in a um, in Marvel? Seeing as like they're, you know, they do what they do. But one of the things that I always thought like there's some stories that work out better in a trade than they do um month to month or week to week among them was secret empire and also secret wars both of those series would have worked better as a trade paperback than it would as a uh, monthly release because you forget a lot of things month to month and sometimes week to week um i didn't like secret empire the first time i read it but i was like you know what let me go back let me take a real look at this and read it from front to back and I loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And that's the same way I felt about Secret Wars. Well, it was like... I, the reason why I was so into Secret Empire from the beginning is because I was reading Captain America, Sam Wilson, and Captain America, Steve Rogers every month, every single issue, from its beginning all the way up through Civil War Two. All the way up to Secret Empire, I was literally reading everything every month, was not missing a thing, and so that whole story, it was just like, oh my god, look at Nick Spencer, he's calling back to this, he's calling back to this, he's calling back to this. This all makes sense, like it's all leading. To, like the whole time you're reading Steve Rogers, you're like, this dude is fucking evil, and he's so smart. Like if Captain America, it's like, it's like with Trump, right? The whole thing with Trump is we got lucky. Because Trump's a moron. He's a yeah. fucking idiot. So we got lucky. If there was an intelligent fucking Trump, like a like a really, really smart person who was had the same thoughts and cultivated base as Trump, we would be fucked. It would be a wrap if that ever happened. But it still might happen, God forbid, and hope, God willing, it doesn't. But we got lucky because Trump's an idiot. That book was like, what if somebody who had evil thoughts was also the best strategist in the world. What the fuck yeah. would happen? And that's and that's what happened. Uh, and then Miles shows up, and Miles plays a big role in that. He plays a big, big role yep. in that. So, yeah, we'll it, get to that in one day. Go ahead, old man. Dude, I can't wait to really dive into all that stuff. Um, but for anybody who's actually – this is just um, kind of a, a conclusion to just the whole – the wrap-up to all this, as you were just saying. Anybody who really wants to get into – Miles Morales Spider-Man or just like the the story I highly suggest starting with the the run of uh Peter Parker cuz there's so many characters you'll learn about there's so many things you're not you're not going to understand about Miles 
until you see why he became the person that he did. What led him to become this? Like, sure, you can like you can read about like you can kind of like, oh well, this happened because of uh, their Peter Parker dying. Like, and yes, that's a thousand percent true. But the problem with that is you don't really get it until you've actually read and experienced everything that, that they go through. Like, why is there such, why is there so much animosity between um, Jessica Drew and Miles? You, you kind of know about it, but until you actually see it, you don't get it. And there was one, there was one series we didn't, um, we kind of breezed over, um, Divided We Fall, mm-hmm. when Miles really gained the respect of everybody in the world. When he saved, when he saved uh, Ultimate Captain America, when he was a crucial part of America not being taken over by Hydra. Yes. There was so much that really goes into that, but you're not going to understand why Captain America was so against it until you read everything that happened with Peter Parker. Um, so I highly suggest start. It, it does, it's a long run. It's, it's like a hundred. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it's it. Absolutely- At some point, we'll do Ultimate Peter Parker too. That's the good thing about our show is that it's so many topics that we'll always have content. Um, exactly. We'll always have content. Uh, have you got anything else on this ultimate Miles Morales run? Just any last thoughts? Uh, no, man. Uh, just read it. Uh, if you haven't, Miles Morales is, I think, the perfect uh, torch bearer for the for the uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, and Peter Parker isn't going anywhere, but if he ever did, I think that that symbol is in good hands with Miles Morales. Um, I also, I was, I was watching on Disney plus there's a, the the document, the docu-series 616. And uh, there was one episode, I forgot which one it was, but they were talking about Stan Lee's vision for Peter Parker. And and when he created him in the early sixties, at the time, the culture revolved around young people and they were kind of fighting the establishment so that's why Peter Parker was young. A lot of his villains were older, right? And so like that was kind of, it was a political statement, right? And so Miles Morales kind of, is kind of the, nat- the, the, the spiritual successor of that, that, that movement within Marvel, right? Like he represents a political movement, uh, uh, you know? So, you know, if anybody thinks that, you know, this is just Marvel trying to, you know, cater to the woke culture, be politically correct, then they really need to look up the history of Spider-Man in general. Um, and, and, and they'll, they'll be learned. They'll learn something. Uh, 1000%. Well said, Avi. Thank you, sir. Also, I need to be on the show when you guys do Secret Wars, Secret Empire. Oh, you're not and allowed. If you ever you're do, not, you can come on you're not allowed. The hell you want. No, don't listen to old man. <laughs> just as much as part of the show as anybody. Yeah, uh, 100%. You really, you really are. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, so, I really appreciate it. Speaking of that, uh, Old Man and I are going to try to do this twice a month. Every once in a while, we'll do a third show that talks about, like, random current events and stuff like that uh, to keep everybody up to date. But um, or, we could just do, or we could just do a CCBN. That, too. Well, of course, we're going <laughs> to. You know, we definitely need to check out CCBN, and we'll get all those shout-outs at the end. Uh, and they'll be in the show notes. Um, but our next episode uh, will be at the end of this month. And we're going to take a dive into the history, the deep, (laughs) complicated uh, history of Wonder Woman. Uh, For the Wonder Woman 1984 comes out Christmas Day. So this episode will be released sometime around then. Um, But we're going to talk about the bondage days all the way up to 
the GOAT moment when she killed Maxwell Lord and everything in between. Uh, so we're going to talk about the history of Wonder Woman, get you up to date on that character, tell you a little bit more in depth on her that you may not know about. I'm going to get to read some shit that I've never read before, which is interesting. I was, was going to say the same thing. Like, I, I know nothing about, there's a lot I don't know about Wonder I've Woman. I've only read Wonder Woman in the last 10 years, maybe 10, since Infinite, Infinite Crisis on is the only thing I really know about Wonder Woman as a character. So for me, this is going to be a nice learning experience to read some old stuff because there's got to be some good shit in there. It's not, you know, there's got to be some good shit in there. So we'll find it and we'll talk about the bad shit too if it's bad, if we find it's bad. Um, but yeah, we're going to do Wonder Woman at the end of the month. Um, Javi, give all the shout outs because old man's a host on here. So you do the shout outs. All right. <laughs> so uh, I go by Super Woke Javi, right? Uh, or the Superior Super Woke Javi as old man Wade put it. Um, you can find me on Old Man Wade's other great show, the Old Man Wade, uh, the Old Man Wade show, right? Uh, we also have oldmanwade.com. Oldmanwade.com. You, you see some articles and whatever, some po- some of our podcasts are on there. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page, uh, the Old Man Wade show, um, on a Twitter that I barely use, but whatever. <laughs> there's some old, there's some old content in there that you like. It's uh, Let's Shit Record. Um, am I missing anything? Uh, I might be missing a bunch of stuff, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I just, I just really enjoyed being on the show with you guys. I love talking comic books with you guys and, um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. No, anytime, anytime. Oh, man, you got anything on CCBN or Band Smack Pal? Wanna promote? Uh, I always got something on Band Smack Pal, man. You know how I do. Um, but, uh, I want to shout out to a couple things. One, uh, my best friend Lavelle. Uh, he uh, represents BlackRabbit.com. BlackRabbit.com. Uh, B-L-A-Q-U-E-R-A-B-B-I-T. Um, I've been rocking, I've been doing a lot of articles uh, for him recently uh, just to kind of, uh, I, I rock with the people I rock with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't charge for articles if you feel like you're one of my people, uh, which is something we'll get into next, Brandon. But um but realistically, like I just really um I'm writing a lot of articles from there. I actually just finished one where we just where I um brought up um Jack Jacqueline McGuire from the Immortal Hulk series and broke down how this sh- that run wouldn't work without her. Um as, as um as important as that as important as the Hulk is to that series and because you know it's called the Immortal Hulk. Without her, that book does not work. So I just finished an article about that. It's up there right now on blackrabbit.com. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what we got. Um, I just launched the Nerd Observer website. Um, I kind of rebranded everything. Uh, it's part of my process and everything that I'm doing. Uh, but Nerd Observer is going to be the main hub for all the shows that we do on the network. It's going to be called the Nerd Observer Network. Uh, hindsight. Uh, Why So Serious Pod, Return to Oswald, and of course, Comic Book History, which is this. Uh, Comic Book History is getting its own website. It should be up by the time you guys hear this. Uh, So go check out comicbookhistory.com. It'll find our old episodes, our new episodes. Uh, You can follow Old Man Wade. You'll be able to see all our stuff on there. It'll be dope. Uh, And then on Nerd Observer, we're starting to write some more. I'm trying to get back to writing. I used to be a decent writer. Now I'm ass. So now I get old man Wade to talk about how terrible I am at writing and hopefully I can get him to write some shit on there um, because I um, 
I kind of got some connections with that thing, and I can think I can get us some some pretty cool looks. And I'm trying to, and I'll talk to old man Wade about this offline, but maybe you guys will hear about this down the road. But I'm trying to hook him up with something that he doesn't know about. I got a surprise for him. So okay. um, we'll be back twice a month. Check us out. Share it if you like comic books. Um, we're going to make sure we're consistent with this thing. Uh, last time we kind of fell off. Both of our lives were going crazy. But I think we're both in a good place now that we can get back to reading our comic books and talking, having guests, and having a good time. So thank you guys for listening. Super Woke, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with Wonder Woman. And we'll talk to you all later. Peace.